David here, What Up Gaming. Gonna have a quick podcast this week, and we're gonna do the. I guess it's podcast 349, almost time for the big 350. I've already recorded three interviews, and later on today will be the fourth. So hopefully, we'll have a nice episode next week um, to celebrate our 350th podcast. So I guess we'll just sort of say, please. Go to our website, which is oneupgaming.co.uk. Uh, also, if you could just please go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like, share, all that malarkey. And on the YouTube channel, you can buy merch like the hat, T-shirts, everything like that. We're also sponsored by Games Inspired Music, and again, you can actually now buy this album from our merch store. So I just. I think it's on you. It's not. It's not much. And twenty percent of each sale will go to the Child's Play charity. As always, you can still stream it and buy it from like Apple and Google and Amazon, all those sort of places. And as always, you can buy our first one hundred podcasts available from uh, audiobooksontape.com. Just search One Up Gaming, and one pound of each sale will go to the Diabetes UK charity. So with all that in stuff, um, don't really know what else to say. Uh, next week it's going to be mental. We're going to have a lot of things happening. As I say, we have a, a chat with one of our old writers. Who wasn't really a writer, did one review. Um, but he was on our podcast for like 100 episodes. And that's like 10 years ago you know, when he first started. So we'll have a chat with Eddie and we've got three special guests and I'm not going to mention names here and they will be next week so we'll be able to see them next week. So I look forward to that. So back into this week's show and we'll go straight into the games we've been playing this week. Hello Andy, this is Colin. I won't be able to get in tonight. I'm sweating all big. I'm sweating all big. Hi, David back, 1UP Gaming, episode 349 of the 1UP Gaming podcast. And we're going to go through the games we've been playing this week. So, without further ado, we will go straight into the games, and that is the first one, Siphon Filter 2. Now, I didn't see much improvement from the original Siphon Filter. I think the, the game... Structure and levels and everything was built with the first game and the engine and everything. It might have been a little bit more optimized, a little bit smoother, but the grand scheme of things, it was almost and I it was like a siphon filter one point five, just mission packs. But I do think certain games were like that back in the nineties, whereas they got the engine made and then they went into the actual just every year this released like number two, number three, number four you know they don't have enough time to build all the features that they want and they just go into it and make games uh, I will mention that I've also played Siphon Filter 3 and again very similar but like all the other games in the series they added like mountainy bits, snowy bits, 
more actiony bits, more stealthy. You know, they just add little bits in. But again, as the grand scheme of things go, it's very similar to the first game and the second game. They're still a really good little game series. They play really well. They look nice, especially on the PS One. And I'm not sure what happened to the series um, because I think that they were doing well. I'd have a guess in a weird way. Um, the Uncharted series took a lot of its ideas and you know the mechanics of how it plays, and I guess that series just took off and they didn't need the Siphon Filter games anymore. So moving on, Siphon Filter Dark Mirror. Now this one I played on the PSP, and I mean I played it on the PS5. You know, through the backwards compatible malarkey stuff that they do with the uh, game, uh, where you can actually play like the you know, retro games through the PS5, and I don't know if it's just that the button configurations are all wonky, or if something's just not right, but the game was nigh on unplayable. The control schemes were just mental. I just didn't have a clue what the hell was going on. What buttons did what? It just didn't play smoothly enough. It just didn't look what I thought it would look like. It was better than the PS1 games, but it was just uh, a shoddy game. And this could have been the start of the end for the Siphon Filter series where it was just bad. You know, it just played really, really bad. The trail will lead me. You two worked together, right? To my own past. She's hiding something. I know. This time, we do it my way. So I guess we'll move on to the next game, completely different series, Jumanji the video game, and this is based on the newer like, rock, Jack Black, uh, Jillian, Killian, 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 I don't know what her name was, the girl who plays the blue android in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and the one who used to be the Doctor Who's assistant, uh, River, River Rose, was that? I don't know, was that, no, Rose was the... And your Singer Billy Piper. Ah, my knowledge of Doctor Who is failing badly. So, this is a third-person co-op uh, game where it's like waves against enemies, and you have to pick up crystals, move them to a point to open doors, collect things to open other doors. Um, the idea is good, but I just don't think that the franchise has got enough cachet with fans to have enough players in the game server game world at all times to actually populate enough players into the world it played okay it looks a little bit janky but it's going for that cartoony five look uh, yeah it's not the best but it's not bad so I would just sort of say it's an adequate game if you and your friends want to get together, it's a nice little knockabout game that you can just play and just not think about things. Next game, 
Ace Racer, and this one was recommended on my Facebook page. You know, so I guess they paid money to advertise. It's a racing game. It looked very sleek, very smart. It's got real um, licensed vehicles, and I downloaded it and I was playing it on my uh, iPhone 14 Pro Max, I think it is, and. The loading's atrocious. There's popping. There's like, as the game's loading, the texture's popping, and it's got freezes and stutters, and it's just a really bad experience. The game, I, I loved the idea. I loved the progression system. I love all that, but the actual gameplay itself is so flawed. It's broken. Um, so as it stands, I would not recommend this game. It looks nice, but because of the frame rate and the stutters and the tearing and the freezing it's just pointless at the moment, it is a pointless game next up in the UK the game was called Crushy uh, in other regions I think it was called IQ um, Intelligent Cube and this one is a very simple looking puzzle game where a, a row of blocks are rolling towards you and in that row there is three or four that are like gold I believe I'm colorblind but are like glowing and you have to put a marker on the floor that when the blocks rotate onto the next floor then the next floor as it sort of goes duh, duh, duh. if you've highlighted the correct square with the correct block falling onto it then it disappears and then it like takes that row of blocks out and it's a bloody good little game it might look very basic but for the PS1 it's a really good addictive little game and I would really recommend it and the last game that I've been playing this week is the new Xbox exclusive Redfall and I went into this with an open mind when they said it was like it's um, 30 frames a second on the Xbox series on consoles I was like I don't care about frames as long as it's I, mean, I think it'd play better at locked 30 frames a second than if it was trying to get to 60 frames a second but it kept going from 60 down to 25, 35 back up to 60 and it kept fluctuating so I think that makes it a much more jarring experience. If it's a locked set frame, I think you can get accustomed, you can get used to it. And the graphics weren't the best, the detail wasn't there. I know it's going for that cartoonified look, but a lot of the enemies look the same, a lot of the characters look the same, uh, a lot of the sort of like things that happen, it's just not the most fun gameplay experience. Uh, I do like the mantling so you can run around and jump up and climb up stuff, but it's a 4 player co-op game where you're trying to kill vampires and I just don't think that it's been thought, thought through correctly. I think, I mean, I think the Arcane are best at the single player story focused sort of games, so I don't know why they decided or if they were asked to make a multiplayer focused game 
I don't know if that was just because Microsoft or Bethesda said, get this game out quick, focus on fast-paced co-op gameplay, and then if the franchise takes off, we can add like, the single-player story components later on as DLC. Um, but we'll never know, because I think this game has come out and it's been a failure as it came out. Uh, we'll see what updates happen, what um, DLCs they add to it, how Microsoft try and keep this game going, but we'll see. We have a review up on the website, which is Heist Kitty. I, mean, I always want to say Hello Kitty, but it's not, it's Heist Kitty. So please look at our YouTube channel, our website for that. We have our Gran Turismo 7 series, as always, up. And I think that is about it for the, the weekly series. So I guess we'll have a quick break and we'll come back with this week's news. And we're back, me David, One Up Gaming, episode 349 of the One Up Gaming podcast. And we are going to, I say we are going to, I need to update my pad because it's on a slower network, I need to put it on the network that's in this room. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about this, I should have just cut this bit out, but what are you going to do? Right, we're ready. So... 349, One Up Gaming, me David, podcast, visit the website, visit the YouTube channel, thank you, and we will go into this week's news, so the first bit of news we have is, major publishers report AAA franchises can cost over a billion dollars to make, games like Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto already require over 250 million in development costs alone. Uh, on Wednesday, the UK Competition and Markets Authority, CMA, blocked the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger due to its implications for cloud gaming, along with fundamentally changing the future of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. The document released alongside this decision was has revealed quite a few details about the increasing financial demands behind AAA games. In a massive report on the decision, the CMA revealed that some Major publishers report their AAA franchises can cost over $1 billion to make. Uh, according to the report, AAA games that are greenlit now with potential releases in 24 or 2025 typically receive development budgets of $200 million or higher. Call of Duty has already surpassed $300 million in development costs alone, and the next Grand Theft Auto title will likely require a development budget of $250 million or more. When considering marketing costs, this number can jump over $1 billion across a franchise, with one large studio reporting that major franchises' development costs $660 million and marketing costs nearly $550 million. These costs demonstrate the significant increase from five years ago when most AAA games had budgets between $50 and $150 million. The CMA is really inciting a report of uh, Mark Intelligence. Yep. So I think what they're basically saying is AAA games cost a shit ton, absolute shit ton to develop and to publish and to market. Um, but what do you guys think? 
Do you think that they were right to um, block the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger? Or do you think they'll um, come back in with other options and say that why they think that that was wrong? So I will just sort of say, um, I'm going to read this, but you'll see a video up there in a minute. Um, actually, I'll, I will record it so I know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, next bit of news. The Twisted Metal TV show arrives this July and the first teaser trailer has been released. Uh, we finally have our first look at the upcoming Peacock series. I don't know what Peacock is. It must be American. Twisted Metal. A teaser recently re released featuring Anthony Mackie's John Doe as he races out of the gate with guns blazing, seemingly shooting at absolutely nothing and a very, very quick glimpse of everyone's favourite ice cream truck driving clown. The official synopsis of Twisted Metal mentions how the series will follow John Doe as he races across an apocalyptic wasteland to deliver a package to some mysterious person lurking in the shadows. Plus, we've got another R-rated Winning the Pooh project in the works, a Vampire Save Survivors series? I thought it was Save, I don't know. Headed to TV and much more. So I guess we are having more game, movies, TV shows, adaptations coming along. Um, do you guys think that's a good idea? Do you not? And hopefully this trailer has teased you enough to want to watch this movie series thing. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think in the comments. Uh, we'll go to the next bit of news. And that is... Damon Lindelof, I think that's how you say it, opens up about his Star Wars film, I Was Asked to Leave. I don't know who he is. Uh, I was I was in more than talk to join Star Wars Universe. I joined the Star Wars Universe and, and was asked to leave. The Lost co-creator tapped Justin Britt Gibson, counterpart into the Badlands, I have no idea about any of these, to write the screenplay with him. But the duo exited the project in February. 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 Lindelof told Variety earlier this month that his that his act Star Wars script was a true labour of love. The original screenwriters were replaced by Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight, with document documentarian Sherman Abed Chinlia. Still on board as director. I have no idea who that is. A Star Wars celebration in London, it was revealed that, I'm not going to try that name again, the Knights movie will pick up 15 years after 2019 Star Wars The Sky, The Rise of Skywalker, featuring the return of Daisy Ridley Ray, oh god, Daisy Ridley's Ray. On whether or not he will return to Star Wars Universe if the opportunity arose, Lindelof said, will I get back in line outside the club and get of course I'd have Star Wars isn't my thing it really isn't um, I'll go and watch things um, but they're just not my sort of movies they're enjoyable they're fun they're pulp they're campy they're all that but it's just not my sort of thing so we'll go straight to the next bit of news Dodgeball sequel is in development with Vince Vaughn returning to star. 
Almost 20 years later, Dodgeball, a true underdog story, is getting a sequel with Vince Vaughn returning to star in it and likely to produce. Deadline broke the news today. The multiple sources close to the production confirmed they confirmed to IGN that it's in early development with Vaughn uh, Jordan Van Dina, I don't, don't know who that is, who's previously worked on projects like Hulu's The Binge, is writing the script. The original 2020, 2024, bloody hell, 20, 2004, Jesus, 2004 movie was written and directed by and Marshall Thunder, but it's still unclear if he'll return to direct the sequel. Currently, Vaughn is the only actor confirmed to reprise his role. In addition to Vaughn, it featured actors such as Ben Stiller, Justin Long, and Christine Tyler, Taylor, I don't know who she was. The only plot detail known about the upcoming Dodgeball sequel is it'll pick up after the average Joe's victory in the Dodgeball tournament. It's also worth noting that it isn't the first time a Dodgeball sequel has been reported. Last November, Justin Long said that Ben Stiller's approval is the only thing stopping the sequel. In an interview he said, I hope that it ends up happening, but I think Ben is a little... What he told me on the podcast was that he's a little... Uh, yeah, sequel coming below something. Yeah, I think he's just a bit not sure if people will enjoy the movie because of the fans of the original, how it really, really did well. Uh, what about you guys? Do you love the original um, Dodgeball movie or are you not that bothered? Um, leave comments, leave chats, see what people think. Right, <clears throat> next bit. The CMA says if Microsoft acquires Activision, Game Pass gets more expensive. Uh, more details have come to light about the decision to halt Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Bloody hell, I can't speak. From the recent UK Competition and Marketing Authority CMA report, along with the extensive examination of Microsoft's current business practices and plans, including its advantage in cloud computing, the CMA also raised concerns about how an increased library of video game content could potentially open the door for Microsoft to make things more costly for consumers. Detailed in the 400-page report, which gives an extensive and highly detailed overview of Microsoft's current business plans and how it would affect competitors, the CMA committee highlighted its belief that the Xbox Game Pass service would see its value heightened following potential additions from the Activision Blizzard library which would give Microsoft an incentive to rise the price, rise, raise. In the report, CML, having ecology would influence the catalogue. Uh, yeah. It doesn't say how much they were thinking they would raise it or anything like that. But do you guys agree? Do you think that if Microsoft got this over the line, um, then it would get more expensive. I mean, I think the service for, for me in the UK, it's like £10 a month or £11 a month, whatever it is, for the um, ultimate version, so you get a PC and Xbox sort of games. And I think it's an amazing value, because you can play games that you would never think of playing. You could just load it up, think, oh, what's that? Download it. 10 minutes into it, oh, I'm glad I didn't pay 50 quid for that. Delete it. But at least you can give the full thing a try and play the games. Let us know. Let us know. Next up, Transformers 1 animated movie casts Chris Hensworth, Scarlett Johansson and more. Um, so this film will be the first animated Transformers movie in over 40 years. Transformers 1 
the first animated Transformers film of 40 years. Uh, as Chris Hemsworth as a young Optimus Prime. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry as a young Megatron, I don't know who that is. Scarlett Johansson as Elita, I don't know. Anyway, St uh, Star Wars. Transformers 1 will be released in theatres on July 19th, 2024. Directed by Toy Story 4's Josh Cooley. And will serve as a prequel film of sorts about a younger versions of Optimus Prime and Megatron. Joining the previously mentioned cast members will also be Keegan Michael Key, no, that is John Hamm, I've heard of him. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, I've heard of him. The last animated film in the beloved franchise was 1986's The Transformers the Movie, which itself was based on the Transformers television series. Fun fact. That movie was the first movie I ever went to the cinema to see when I was five years old. Uh, the film is reported to have been greenlit by Paramount back in 2020 and was said to take place on Cybertron. Place on Cybertron, the planet from which the good guy and the bad guy robots come from. The film revolves around the relationship between Optimus Prime and Megatron. This news follows a brand new trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Which were released in theatres on June 9th. What do you guys think? Do you think this is a good thing, bad thing? I love a lot of the animated stuff. They can get a lot of stuff done. And yes, I know they can do a lot of stuff in the CG, uh, VFX kind of world that we live in now. But, I don't know. I think maybe because it's the first movie I ever saw. It's still got a sweet spot in my mind. And I would love to see how they do this and what stories they can come up with for this franchise. So we'll go to the next bit of news and that is how Forza Motorsports next entry is introducing innovative visual access accessibility. Try not to burp some talking. So they're going to have blind driving assists um, to make it more accessible for the blind or low vision players. Uh, Xbox's accessible innovations and developments have benefited disabled players for years. The 2018 release of uh, of the Xbox Adaptive Controller feature tags on store pages, award-winning accessory tags like Forza Horizon 5 and even an annual showcase highlight in a variety varying ways in which Xbox and its studios are incorporating accessibility into their projects have put the disabled community at the forefront of Xbox conversations. The newest entry in Forza Motorsport series, simply called Forza Motorsport, has already been revealed to include numerous accessibility options um, commonly found in most modern games like control, remapping, subtitles, very varying colorblind modes and filters and now blind low vision players can experience a brand new feature set called blind driving assists. A series of audio cues that provide track and vehicle information allowing blind low vision players to complete races. Speaking to IGN, Tintin Studios developers um, and accessibility consultant and Xbox head spill, spill? Phil Spencer discussed the development behind blind driving assists importance of community involvement and Xbox's de desire to create an inclusive and accessible um, industry. Yeah, it's amazing, it really is amazing. 
goes into a lot more detail, a lot more stuff, a lot more people involved, and I think it's bloody good. It really is. Uh, me being a colorblind person, um, it's people don't realize, but for me, it's almost impossible to play like a modern day Call of Duty or a modern day shooter game because. I can't tell who the good guys are, the bad guys are. Um, when names are above people's heads, I can't tell if it's green or red for enemy and good guys. Um, I could only play like games like the original, like Halo or things like that, which is like every man for himself mainly. Or if you are doing team, it's like red versus blue, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think this is a good thing for games? Or do you reckon it's putting way too much resource and development into things that not many people will appreciate in the grand scheme of things? So, next up. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes to Disney Plus in May. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is shrinking down from the theatre screen to your TV home and it arrives on Disney Plus on May 17th. Announced in a tweet from Marvel Studios, Quantumania will will three Quantumania will three months. I guess it's meant to be will release three months after it's premiered in theaters. The film will therefore arrive less than two weeks after the next Marvel Cinematic Universe entry, Guardians of the Galaxy three, as that hits theaters on May fifth. Uh, but yeah, so what do you guys think of this? Uh, I included this story because. Um, they like IGN gave it seven out of ten. Said it's a really good review, really good like get movie. I thought it was one of the worst movies I've seen in a Marvel sort of franchise for a long time. I do think that a lot of the Marvel movies now they're just floundering. They don't really have a sense of any direction of where they're going. Um, but. What do you guys think? Do you think it was actually a really good movie, or do you think it's just getting over long in the tooth now, some of these sort of things? Um, I'm excited to see Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but we'll see what happens. So next up, the Super Mario Bros. movie has jumped over $1 billion at the global box office. Uh, so it's, the, it's become the 10th animated film to achieve over a billion dollars. It took the Super Mario Brothers movie only 26 days to cross 1 billion and it will once again win the weekend box office with ease. Alongside being the 10th animated film to cross 1 billion, it's also the 10th biggest animated film of all time as it has now surpassed Despicable Me 2 and The Minions Rise of Gru. At the domestic box office, uh, weekend box office, the Super Mario Bros brought in another 40 million on its way to a North American total of 490 million. Internationally, the film brought in 68.31 million and sits at 532.45 million overseas. In addition to the third Illumination film to earn 1 billion after millions in Despicable Me 3, in it, it is the seventh biggest universal film of all time as it has defeated Jurassic World Dominion, that was a horrible movie, and the original Despicable Me. As previously mentioned, the Super Mario Bros. movie has once again won the domestic box office. It looks likely to be its last weekend on top as Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is ready in just a few days. 
However, that's next week, and this week it can enjoy its victory over Evil Dead's Evil Dead Rises. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Um, I just, I mean, I will say I watched the the movie, and it was really good. It was stupid. I loved the fact it was it was willing to take the piss out of itself. Um, some of the jokes, some of the animation, some of the everything was just so good. It was top notch. So lastly, we'll have the top forty. So number forty, Pokemon Sword, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics so, again, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo twenty twenty, Just Dance twenty twenty three edition. EA Sports PGA Tour, that's a shit game, it's an absolute travesty, the graphics are atrocious, popping, it is awful. Uh, number 35, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Red Dead Redemption 2, Pokemon Legends, Arcarus, No Man's Sky. Number 30, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, 13 One Game Collection Volume 1, Metroid Prime Remastered. Super Mario Brothers Ultimate, uh, sorry, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy, The Definitive Edition, Number Twenty Five is Splatoon Three, Luigi's Mansion Three, Pokemon Scarlet, God of War Ragnarok, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, Number Twenty is Mario Party Superstars, Pokemon Violet, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Advance Wars One and Two Reboot Camp. Grand Theft Auto 5, number 15, Nintendo Switch Sports, Super Mario 3D World Plus Bowser's Fury, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Animal Crossing New Horizons, WWE 2K23, number 10, Resident Evil 4, number 9, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, number 8, Minecraft Legends, number 7, Minecraft, number 6, Super Mario Odyssey, number 5, Hogwarts Legacy, number 4, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Number three, FIFA 23. Number two, Dead Island 2. And at number one, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And that is thanks to the Games Press and GFK Entertainment Software, all charts, all charts, all formats. So thank you to them. So, that's been episode 349 of the One Game Podcast. Uh, please go to our website, which is oneupgaming.co.uk. Please check out our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash OUG. If you want to buy any of these t-shirts, any of these hats, any of the things we've been wearing today, please go to, it's on the YouTube channel. It's just got store. Click on that and you go to our store. Um, the Game Despite Music album is out now. 20% of each sale will go to the Child's Play charity. Audiobooksontip.com has our first 100 podcasts and £1 of each sale will go to the Diabetes UK charity. Um, we're on Facebook, please subscribe to us on Facebook, we're on YouTube, so please subscribe, share, like, bell, comment, everything you can, please, it helps, we really need to try and grow our community, so please, I'd love to get more fan um, feedback, more fan interaction, um, if you want to follow us on Twitch, it's just twitch.tv slash official. and if you want to tweet us, any questions, anything, it's at OUG official, and if you want to email us anything, it's contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. So that is me, me David, with One Up Gaming for episode 349 of the One Up Gaming podcast saying thank you.
Goodbye.